Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanisha. Coming up on today's show, is this the end of Michael Soroka? And a lot of folks are focusing on who'll be on the field for the Falcons, but maybe you need to take a ride up 95 and figure out who won't be on the field for that other team. And last but not least, and for the culture, did he out here passing out checks? Finally? <laughs> we'll talk about all that. It's ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day Ones is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up in 10 minutes, we talked about the offense yesterday as far as Desmond Ritter maybe getting off to a slow start. But what about the defense? What should be concerns on that side? We'll talk about that. But first, T, the Braves get their butts kicked last night. <laughs> and I think that, you know, this is one of those things against the St. Louis Cardinals. We obviously one of the worst teams in the National League. And obviously, you know, coming off a, a, a big road trip. And, you know, and specifically against the Dodgers and going, winning three out of four up there, you're you coming off that high, and then you come home, and then, you, hey, try to get up for this game against the St. Louis Cardinals. I, You know, I, I'm kind of not really tripping about that, but my, I think my biggest concern, T, is that we got word last night that Michael Soroka, he, he had an early exit, and he was absolutely struggling, and we kind of find out why that he said he was experiencing some numbness when you think about that and then him being moved to the ILT, are you starting to think about this may be the end for Michael Soroka? Yeah. So going back to this game and the 10-6 loss, you know, I listened and watched that game start to finish. And right. it's funny because midway through the game, I was like, well, it is the Braves after all. I do understand it's the Cardinals. I was like, but man, 9-1 is, is a tough road to go. But then – there was Austin Riley and there was Matt Olson. And I was like, man, that three hole in that cleanup, they just do work. And so yeah. before we kind of go into some of the not so good of last night, just wanted to go into the good of Austin Riley and Matt Olson because they've done something. We talk about all the history that others have made on this team. They've done something that's never been done before in major league history. And that is to have two players hit back-to-back -back home runs in a game, six straight months. That's crazy. That's right. absolutely crazy. So definitely good to see them kind of put the Braves in position to get back. But of course, that hole that they dug out was was just too much to overcome, starting with, like you said, Michael Soroka giving up five earned runs. That's a tough way to go. Now, thank you, Padres, for beating the Phillies, because that means the Braves magic number is still 11. That's the good news. But like you said, the not so good news. Michael Soroka going down with numbness. And listen, Jarvis, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but I deal with a lot of numbness in my right hand. And oh, literally, I have to sleep with a brace on at night because wow. it gets so bad that it actually wakes me up in the middle of the night. And sometimes I can't go back to sleep. I have to do hand exercises before I go to sleep. And then I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night eventually. And when I do, and I'm just using the bathroom and I'm telling the story for a reason, I've got to run my hand under some hot water for about 30 seconds and flex it again 
just to sleep through the rest of the night. Wow. I'm just a lay person. And that's what right. I have to do just to get through the night to sleep. I can't imagine what happened. But I will say this, because someone asked me this morning, like, hey, don't you feel that? Like, in the first inning, can't you? Why, why would he be pulled three innings, almost four innings in? And I said, you know what? Because it creeps up on you. You never know which way it goes. There are mm -hmm. nights where I don't feel a thing and don't have the brace on. And then there are nights where, like I said, I can't sleep. So Michael Soroka might have had some of that tingling or that numbness in that first inning. But Jarvis, a lot of times when you deal with this, you think it's going to go away. And sometimes yeah. it does. And then sometimes it doesn't to the point where his fingers on his right hand just could not go anymore because he did get six strikeouts. So you get six K's. So you had something kind of working, right? And 34 strikes and 60 pitches, you kind of sort of had something working. But when that numbness hits, it can't be played with because the other piece, Jarvis, is this. You never know whether it's just a hand that's gone numb or whether it has something to do with the central nervous system that's related to your spine. I am yeah. not saying anything negative by any stretch of the imagination. We don't want any more bad things to befall that guy. Soroka's been through enough, but being put on the IL certainly is a downer. And it does make you wonder after all of the setbacks that he's experienced in these last three years, can he come back from this? I hope so. Because like I said, it only hits me temporarily. It comes and it goes. I hope so. But yeah, this is kind of disappointing. And also because you were hoping that there would be one more kind of um, horse in the stable who could stretch the pitching rotation and it looks right. like may not have that in Soroka. Yeah. And I think that, and you hope that maybe Kyle Wright may be that guy, you yes. know, cause he's been faring well um, and, and his uh, rehab starts as of late. So I, I think that's one of the things that you can kind of hope for, but personally though, for, for Michael Soroka, like you really feel for him because yeah. at the end of the day, Alex Anthopoulos is going to have to make a business decision yeah. because like they've been very patient with him. And if this is something that, like you said, you're talking about affecting the central nervous system, the spine, and and when you're talking about having numbness in your hands, the grip is probably the most important thing when it comes to a, a, a pitcher in the major leagues. And if he can't feel that ball, he can't get the right. grip that he, he he feels comfortable with, like it's it's just not going to happen for him. So, And I, and I hate to be seeming like it, I'm, I'm sounding negative, but I, I, I think that, you know, this is kind of where we are when it comes to Michael Soroka. And, yeah. I, and you hope that this is, isn't anything that can be uh, – that sustain itself and, and have effect on him in the long run. And right. even if it's not with the Braves, you hope that he is able to, you know, continue to pitch and continue to try to make a comeback because we know what his capabilities were before he got injured. And I think that the Braves – might have to kind of come off of that, and it might be another team that they can get them, they can start, you know, having that optimism towards him making a comeback. Yeah, and and I don't think you're being negative because I think we've seen the effects of what happens when you can't control the ball. I mean, right. Charlie Morton had control issues, and we saw how he swooned when he couldn't put the ball right where he wanted to. Bryce Elder had some control issues at some points throughout the season, and we saw what happened when he couldn't put the ball where he wanted to. So imagine on top of you trying to continue to come back 100% from your prior two injuries, now this and, – and one of the things I thought about as well is the unfortunate piece, which is the mental – and yeah. it's like, how much can one guy go through and be able to get on that mound and be confident? Because, hey, for Charlie Morton, it was just a swoon. 
he slowly rebuilt and now he's looking like uncle charlie again for bryce elder it was a swoon we all kind of shook our heads like uh oh you know maybe he flashed too early and maybe this was just a flash in a pan but then he bounced back so we've yep. seen some good things all you can do is hope for soroka but i can't say that i'm thinking that you're being negative because Control is arguably the number one thing that you need as a pitcher to be successful. And if you cannot place that ball simply because, like you said, you can't find the grip on the ball, I mean, that's your bread and butter. And yeah. so, yeah, this is going to be a tough one for the Braves. I know that there has been speculation about them having him up and down as it relates to him being bested, uh, for lack of a better term, for Major League Baseball. But ultimately speaking, we definitely wish him well. And hopefully it's a short-term stint on the I.L. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, we hope that everything works out. And, and I think that, you know, hopefully the Braves can, can bounce back against the St. Louis Cardinals tonight. Folks, I want to let you know that this episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook because it is the number one sportsbook in America. Guess what? They have a thing just for you new customers if you haven't tried it yet. If you haven't tried it, what the heck are you waiting on? Like, why are you tripping? So I need you to go to fanduelcom slash locked on. And guess what? You can take advantage of $5. All you got to do is put $5 down and you're going to be able to take advantage of $200 in bonus bets. What are bonus bets, Jarvis? Those are things that you can put on over-unders, the money line. Uh, player props, all that stuff. They have everything there right there just for you. And also, as a bonus, they're going to offer $100 off on your YouTube TV and YouTube. What? On the NFL package. What? Come on, y'all. Y'all need to get with it. This app, you don't have to worry about anybody getting all your information. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. So here's what I want you to do. I want, to head, I want you to head to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, it is the official sportsbook betting partner of the NFL. Now, you want to speak about what a betting man will or won't do this weekend with the Falcons? Well, maybe it starts and stops with what you think about their new look defense. So many new additions that maybe, just maybe, despite the fact that people keep pointing to Desmond Ritter's small sample size and what will happen with Kyle Pitts, et cetera, et cetera, the new look defense may actually be more of a wild card. Now, we talked about this yesterday. The good news is, Jarvis, we're not having the same conversation this season as we had ahead of last season, which right. is true concerns, true worry on any side of the ball. But I'll use the term again loosely and put it in quotes. We still don't kind of know what's going to happen with David Onyemata and Grady Jarrett and whether or not it will or it won't work effectively in game. We're still waiting to see if the likes of Arnold WKT will show us what we thought he could be being drafted at the top of the second round. And there's still excitement around what the secondary will be able to do, but we're not sure yet. We'll know in the next 24 to 48 hours, but we're not sure yet what the final starting core of that DB will be for Sunday. That said, what are your biggest concerns, if you even have any, on the defensive side of the football? I think I have to start in that, start in that secondary, right, because that was one of the things that we said that, that could be the strength of this defense. And, you know, being a former defensive lineman, you know, that kind of irks me a little bit, but you know, hey, 
you know, they made some they made some nice additions, like you mentioned. Uh, David Onyemata, Calais Campbell, Arnie Avicata going into his second year, trying to make that second year leap. So, you know, you got there's some cap- there's some guys who are capable, but Dupree as well to throw his name in there. There's some guys who are capable of getting to the quarterback. But when you have an injury like a Jeff Okuda come, and we still don't quite know when he's going to come back. You know, ATL Day 1s has said that we could probably look in there about three to four weeks uh, yes. on a – like we, we wouldn't be surprised if it ended up in that, in that realm. Now you have Mike Hughes, and Mike Hughes didn't seem too confident – you know, when he in the locker room, when he was talking about him being ready for week one. So Indeed. I think he may have spilled the beans a little bit. So we don't know if Mike Hughes is going to be there. So we're depending on now we're depending on Trey Flowers to get the job done, you know, in, in place of Jeff Okuda. And you, yeah. that depth that you had coming into the season, you don't necessarily have. So I think on the edge, outside on the edge specifically, not concerned about the back end of the DB, DB room. That's solid. I think that's solid and that's ready to roll with Jalen Hawkins. Um, uh, um, oh man, drawing a blank. Jesse Bates and AJ Terrell, you you know, so you have those things right there, but just that backside corner opposite AJ Mm -hmm. Terrell, like you mentioned, that's that's my my biggest concern right now, especially when you you brought in a guy like Mike Hughes to be able to uh, fluctuate between that, that nickel and outside corner. Yeah, and I would agree with you on that one. I think that I probably have the most concern because of injury. Now, if you had asked me pre-injury, I probably would have said the corner or the DB room overall was my the least of our worries, right? Or the least of the Falcons' worries, rather. Because yeah, you looked at that lineup and you said, okay, like we know AJ Terrell is ready. We know that Richie Grant is. He showed us what like more than glimpses last season, right? First season we saw glimpses, second season we saw, ooh, he's kind of coming up and yeah, we're expecting some big things from him the third season. But yeah, when you start to kind of look down the depth chart and you're seeing, like you said, we don't know what's going to happen with Jeff Okuda. We, Mike Hughes sounded a little iffy. Cornell Armstrong is out on the IR. So it starts to make you think, okay, maybe that room doesn't quite have the depth that we thought it would have. And I think that we saw a few things that we wanted to see maybe. And I said, of course, David Anyamata and Grady Jarrett kind of tongue in cheek because they'll be just fine. They'll be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Just put them on the field. As long as they're healthy, they're good. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) One thing's for certain too. And I know you'll agree with this having played up front defensively. Chemistry is not as important on the defense defensive side of the ball as it is on offense right so yeah Absolutely. that's kind of yeah that's kind of tongue-in-cheek it's more of like we just don't know how good slash great they're gonna be but no not a concern at all but yeah i do feel like you're you're onto something and i would have to agree with you that's probably the case until we hear more towards the end of the week about who actually is a go and who's not so we'll be watching that but speaking of who is and who is not a go Carolina may have more issues than the Falcons do as it relates to who is and who's not going, because as we all have heard or or most of us know, Brian Burns is a problem. Like Brian Mm -hmm. Burns is really a challenge for them. Now, granted, Mm -hmm. you know, injuries could certainly be an issue there as well, because he's technically listed on their depth chart as questionable. But more importantly, he is holding out and they truly don't know what's going to happen between now and Sunday. They, it seems like with reports coming out of Carolina, they don't really expect him to take the field. Now don't get me wrong. You get it how you get it as far as advantage versus disadvantage. But I don't know, Jarvis, I'm kind of looking like advantage Falcons. If Burns doesn't go. Absolutely. 
You talking about a guy where he got 12 sacks last year, I believe, um, yes. if I remember correctly. And so, one of them against the Falcons, but 12 nonetheless. Yeah, no doubt. So, you know, those are some of the things that you have to think about, right? Because if we are really fine-tooth combing this offensive line as far as what their weaknesses may be, yep. like their edge on that right side, you know, when it comes time to pass that rock, right. you get a little sketchy over there at 76, you know. Mm-hmm. So if Brian Burns isn't out there, like, you have to say, hey, that's advantage Falcons. Absolutely. Yeah. And because, you know, and I'm um, kind of going through some some uh, some quotes from uh, Frank Reich, they didn't see this coming. They no, This is a surprise. Nope. <laughs> they didn't see this coming at all. So Brian Burns is kind of basically pulled the cat out of the bag and be like, hey, I need to get paid. <laughs> you know, I was like, all right, that's a fine time to bring it up. You know, probably should have brought it up a little bit earlier. But right. I think that, you know, it might be the opposite because when you think about going into week one and then next thing you know, hey, I ain't coming to practice no more. It's, that, might, that, that might help the general manager say, you know what? Hey, Mr. Owner, uh, we need to, uh, Scott Fitterer, I think is the GM up there. Oh, uh, yeah, I need to uh, go ahead and you can cut that check, sir. Oh, oh definitely. <laughs> they, they, they would want to because you know what? Playing Not a little chess over there, up, up there in Carolina. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And in the case of the Falcons, for example, when you have Matthew Bergeron, you went out and you got him knowing that he was in all likelihood going to be a starter. And I'm saying that because mm-hmm. if you look at him from a rookie perspective, first of all, yeah, a lot of shades of him that don't look like a rookie. Let's just start right there. And secondly, you got him because you knew you needed a starter. The right. end. Uh, when the Falcons, excuse me, the Panthers went after DJ Johnson, I don't think they really said, hey, he's ready to start if Brian Burns can't go. But that's what they're looking at, the possibility of a yep. third-round rookie starting for them at the will position. So we shall That's see. like Zach Harrison coming in. Like, right. yeah, he could probably say, hey, Zach, potentially be something. He's just like, that? yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can Right. <laughs> exactly. And who knows? Oh, yeah. I mean, we don't know if – DJ Johnson has had the kind of tutelage under Brian Burns or that linebacker core that Zach Harrison has had the good privilege of under Calais Campbell, who knows, but that's going to be interesting to kind of see because at the end of the day, that could also impact, especially in game kind of what the Falcons decide to run. Because again, we know what across that line they are capable of as far as their run protection. But like you said, Let's see if this has any impact on potentially a positive in the direction of the Falcons for pass protection. But let you guys let us know. Do you have any concerns on the defensive side of the ball? Maybe even outside of the DB room for the Falcons. Let us oh, know. Oh, can I add this to you? I'm sorry. I forgot on, something. On, it just, uh, Mr. Brown is coming, uh, Drew. So uh, I need you to be ready, sir, uh, because a defense tackle slash nose guard getting 12 yes. double-digit tackles is unacceptable. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I know how good he is, but, right. you know, but you at least keep a body prepared. on him. Exactly. Just, and you have to be prepared for them moving him around as well because him. they have no it's problem okay. moving him around for him to keep do whatever it is that they need home. to be done. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Get to work. Get ready. Because, yeah, Derrick Brown, he always comes understanding the assignment. But, him hey, coming. you guys think the same? Like, is he, despite the fact that Brian Burns may not be available for the Panthers, are we still looking at Derrick Brown as someone who gives you guys pause and concern? Let us know. Just like we want to hear from you guys. If you have a concern on the defensive side of the ball for the Falcons, everydayers, you know what to do. You drop comments all the time on YouTube. We appreciate you for putting that in the chat. And also thank you guys for always downloading ATL Day 1s wherever you get your podcasts.
But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different. T, when you think about like big time producers, one of the guys that first come to mind is uh Sean P. Diddy Combs, you know, Diddy, whatever his name is, you know, he'll switch it up every now and then. But also, when you think about big time producers who have swindled people out of their money. For a very long time, Diddy is also the person that comes comes to mind when it comes to hey, you gonna you gonna you gonna make some records, you gonna do a couple shows, but hey, you ain't about to make no bread because I'm getting all of that. I need all that. Well, um, it seems like uh, Mr. Diddy, uh, Mr. Cone T, is trying to make things right, and he's going to get started off with what Mace, um, uh, uh, Faith. And yep. yeah, so Mason Faith, they're going to give them, you know, them the opt to the masters. Like, how yep. about that? How about that? Yes. And let's try to add in the locks as well. And yes. really, anybody who is ever on that roster just deserves it because the band, yeah, they need exactly. they deserve theirs too. Uh, yeah, all of one twelve. Yeah. I mean, just get, <laughs> like yeah, give everybody what you owe them. Let them reclaim their money like people reclaim mm. their time. So yes. I think it's so important for this to be something because remember we heard like you said about uh, Bad Boy. We heard about LaFace. So many record companies taking advantage if it seems like and of course the bigger ones as well but we're just talking about this this in terms of what we know being here in atlanta right that's been the word on the street like yeah diddy will raise up a standard and put you out there you're going to be incredible for a moment but then when everything comes down back down to earth it's like where the where the money reside well it resides with diddy until now so but anyway you can make up for the wrongs that you've done in the past. Yes. But yeah, you can rectify it and we're all yes. good. And I think that's important too, because a lot of times when these artists are, you know, I don't want to say like out of their heyday, because I mean, Faith Evans could drop an album tomorrow if she feels like it. Mace probably won't because he has a multi-million dollar deal on, the, on his podcast. But anyway, Faith Evans could drop a, a, an album tomorrow. But the point being, if she never drops an album again, this is a great opportunity to honor somebody, the first lady of Bad Boy, who really helped to put Bad Boy on the map, even yes. with some of the background vocals that she did. All of those things matter. And I think that just the way other artists are honored later in their careers, we need to honor them as well. And the way you really honor them is to give them what they owe. Because you know, she is a prolific writer. Like yes. this is something she's known for. So yeah, she has more than earned her the opportunity to get those publishing rights because, like I said, she was a huge part of building the Bad Boy Empire. And also to add to you know the the list of artists, the estate of Notorious B.I.G. Indeed, and um, that was going to be my next point. That's the that's the that's the big point. one right that there. That was a huge issue yes. in the beginning when he <laughs> passed away. Like, yes. yeah, you're not really taking care of his mom and his children the way that we would have thought you would have taken care of your best friend. And he did a little bit better after there was some dust up about it. But let's be honest, never really quite took care of them like he should have, according to so many people who were close to the situation. So yeah, you're right. That's the number one above and beyond everybody because everybody else helped to build Bad Boy, but he built it. Let's just be honest. Yeah, for real. Like, let's let's keep it it funky. So yeah, shout out to you, Diddy, for 
at least trying, attempting to make it, make things right with yes. all the artists that you stole money from. All right, there we go. All right, T, we got to talk about this. You know how we always talk, start off with a story, a Florida man or a Florida woman? Right. How about this? Always. A Florida bear, a three-legged bear at that, uh, broke into the home of a Florida person, and T, he went in and drank three White Claws. He literally drank three White Claws. Like, I don't know... You know, if you ever heard of bears having a, you know, affinity for, you know, drinking seltzer, alcoholic seltzer water, you know what I'm saying? But like, like when you said this to me, I was just like, this has got to be. And then they call they were they the locals refer to him as tripod. Yes. That's his nickname. The three legged bears nickname tripod. Like, like oh. I don't even know what to do with that. One, you? <laughs> Help me out. Exactly. <laughs> Truly, all you can do is put it in the only in Florida file because yes, absolutely, these absolutely. things happen in that state like nobody's business. And I think too, like you said, Jarvis is unbelievable. Except there's video of it. That's how we know. Like, oh, okay, like right. this actually really happened, which is hilarious to me because then the second question becomes, like, you stayed in that space long enough to get video? Oh, no, ma'am, no, sir, I'm oh. out. Like tripod, you can have the whole house, everything in the fridge, the yeah. cabinets. That's all you, all bro. It, the pantry, Put everything. your feet on the couch, everything. Exactly. Yeah, all it's that. your house yeah, now. Yeah, you cool. Yeah, you're, it's your hey, house now. I'm, I'm good. All good. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I'm over it. But I was thinking the same thing. Like, what is this? Cocaine Bear 2.0? Like, yeah, like, how was that even a movie that was made to you? Like, <laughs> you know, my wife was just like, how did they make a movie with a bear doing cocaine? I was like, they're really, really running out of ideas. Exactly. <laughs> they exactly. lost. We do, they lost. We do not want to see Tripod as a movie. Like, it's, it's not. No, we don't. Yet, okay. No. Like, and White Claw, this is an opportunity for you. White Claw. This is a, a marketing opportunity. Right. Marketing for you. opportunity, yes. Jarvis. On, White Claw, bear. You are yeah. right about that. You got to see it for what it is. But, you know, we know somebody out there who's really clever is thinking the same thing because we both thought it when we saw the article, like, oh, well. You can actually make good out of this. And hopefully Absolutely. the people whose house he broke into, they can find their way to get a little cash or a little something out of the stash as well. Right. So, Absolutely. yeah, that only in Florida. That's the kind of thing we say all the time. And, you know, having lived there, look, I got the receipts to prove it. Nothing <laughs> in the world happens as crazily as it does in that state. It's the craziest thing. But hopefully we won't see any more craziness with the Braves tonight, we got Spencer Strider getting the start, and hopefully that'll get the Braves reset for just getting back to normal from start to finish. Like we said, hey, they did what they do, which is almost mount a comeback, and we could appreciate that. But ultimately speaking, nobody wants to wait until the sixth inning to see you guys make it happen. Go ahead and make it happen in the beginning. And, of course, the Falcons are getting back to practice today, so Jarvis and I will have more reaction to what we see and what we hear from practice on tomorrow and anything else of course that's happening in sports in and around this town you all know where you can find the tea right here on atl day ones and also i just want to quick, give a quick out quick shout out to my guy darius who i was with my with, with uh with my three-year-old walking through the parking lot he was like hey man i'm an everydayer i'll check y'all out every day yes, so yeah darius. shout out to you darius and shout out to all the people that rock with us monday through friday you yes. are at every darius we appreciate you we love you keep coming back because we're going to keep giving you this good stuff each and every day. And last yes. but not least, before we get out of here, make sure if you guys don't do anything else, share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love.